What's up, everybody? This is Nick Bacone, co-host of the Straight Shooters Podcast. Recently, you may have noticed we haven't uploaded a new show in the last couple of weeks, but there's a good reason for that. As we've alluded to for months, we finally filtered over to the Blue Wire Podcast Network, which hosts great podcasts such as Insight with Chris Van Vliet, the Chase Thomas Podcast, who yours truly, and my co-host Vaughn Johnson have been guests on multiple times, and the brand new podcast called Green Light with Chris Long. Chris Long will forever be a Philadelphia Eagles legend as he was part of the 2017-18 team that took down Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 52. We are excited to join the talented group over at the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Blue Wire Hustle, and we will be recording a Patreon exclusive a little later this week. So if you haven't already, check out patreon.com slash shooters radio to subscribe to our exclusive content beginning next week we'll start recording our patented deep dives once again but this week we bring you another classic episode of the straight shooters we've been recording this podcast for six years now so there's no shortage of classics that we will bring to you this episode is number 99 in our catalog and we recorded it in june 2017 we were joined by larry dallas then of sirius xm busted open radio and talked about the ending of the first ever women's Money in the Bank match, where James Ellsworth was involved. Then we discussed the biggest missed opportunities in wrestling up to that point. And I'm sure there's been more since. Just look at some of the WWE talent that's left for AEW. We hope you enjoy this classic episode and give our other episodes a try at ShootersRadio.com or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Oh, Shooters Radio Universe! My name, of course... Is Warren Johnson of Philly.com. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he oh doing? My God. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food. No nothing. Just maniacism. Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! It is Friday, June 23rd, 2017. It is a nice sunny day outside in southeastern Pennsylvania slash South Jersey, which is where we are, recording episode 99 of the straight shooters here on Wi-Fi Radio. 99. The, the Wayne Gretzky episode. We finally made it to the Wayne Gretzky. Finally. And we're one week away from episode 100. And who are we going to have then? Who knows? <laughs> but we got a special guest today. We do. We do have a very special guest today. I'm Vaughn Johnson of Philly.com, of course, at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter, joined by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Pacone of Philly Voice and PhillyInfluence.com, at Nick Pacone on Twitter. That's right. And as we said, or as I said, we have a very special guest for episode 99. Maybe we should have saved him for 100, made it even more special. Yeah. But 99 is good, too. Mm. Whatever. But we have Larry Dallas of the Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM. Larry, how are you today? I'm good, buddy. How are you? You guys hearing me all right? I'm about like two minutes from home, so I'm hoping I'll lose service till I get there. <laughs> we, we got we you. We do, yeah. We got you. Sounds, sounds like you had a busy day today. Well, yeah, it's been a it's been a busy. I, I only heard half that right right now, so it's gonna be a bad radio for about like another minute. But um, I uh, it's been a busy day. I had, I had obviously the busted open show today from uh, two to four Eastern on Sirius. So then I took the train ride home. Uh, Lenny Leonard from Evolve, who's a uh, who's the broadcaster of Evolve, came in for it and everything like that. So we had a couple of guests, and now I'm like literally like in commute about you know probably about ninety seconds from from my doorstep. I'll have a uh, nice little service and Wi-Fi. I can talk to you all night. Nice. Oh, all night. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> we're going overtime. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, long, sorry long you <laughs> Well, we're glad you have you on. You can, you can take your, your couple, like a minute or two, to get ready because we're going to just, you know, BS around for a little bit, and you can take the time to get ready. So BS around, I like it. Yeah, that's what we do anyway for a whole hour, pretty much. <laughs> we can talk about live wire. No, we're not going to do that. No. But uh, 
we're glad to have you on because we got a, a good discussion topic in our forum this week. We're also going to be joined by Brian Isley at some point. He's yeah, he's stuck in traffic, which that traffic, that short traffic, man. Or he's being Hollywood again. He's been walking That's with true. the shades. That's true. And, and you know, wouldn't surprise me. Right, right. But uh, our discussion topic, which we will get to in, in a little bit, will be the the biggest missed opportunities in wrestling history, so to speak. And the reason why I thought of this topic this week is because of what happened at Money in the Bank last Sunday with the women's first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which I think some people would call a missed opportunity to let the women stand on their own and make history and have that moment where they pull down that briefcase and hold it up high and have that be like a crowning achievement for right. women's wrestling. Instead, like it became a, a the video mess. package. You know, that would be that would be right. Because they played a great one before the match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is really historically significant. Mm -hmm. And then they do that. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of, right away, it was kind of like, ugh, the error was let out of a lot of people. Right. And it was almost like we had to convince ourselves, okay, like, what's going to happen next? Like, is it worth it? Well, let's see how it plays out. That's kind of how I was. Uh, I know you, you kind of like that. Like, you want to see things play out. You... you yeah, but you I don't seem. I, I was still on the side of like quickly. I was still on the side of why to just just let them have it for the, for the first match. Right. Yeah. For the first ever match, let them have it. Maybe for the second or third one, you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. and have a have a screw finish like that. But for that first one, just get everything else out the way and let them do their thing. Yeah. Right. That's that's just how I feel. I wouldn't yeah. mind because I liked what they did at the beginning of Tuesday. With yeah. Carmella cutting that promo, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm sold. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Now. Carmella cut ahead of a promo. I like what they did, and then they turned around. And I was like, oh, we're gonna do it again, guys. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah. Which it wouldn't surprise me if the same thing happened somehow. He's banned from ringside, right? But to me, it was somebody like somebody else got involved, or WWE could have just owned that and moved on. Yeah. Instead, it was like they kind of reneged almost. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about, well, I don't play spades, but. I know there's something little something enough about spades. If you if you renege, mm -hmm. a fight could break out if you renege on, on yeah. something. Don't yeah. renege. Yeah. All right. And then they did. And yeah, so, so. we gotta fight WWE. <laughs> fight but, <the> studio. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh but yeah, you don't do that. So that's that's just my thoughts about that particularly. So we'll we'll get into some more missed opportunities in a little bit. But in the meantime, uh -huh. we got an ad to read. We do. I got it on my phone. I got it. Oh. The, the new, oh, I, got, I remember I took a picture of it, or and you I, sent me. I edited it. Oh well, and I forgot. You forgot to bring it, huh? Yeah. That's all right. I'll edit it myself right now. <laughs> if you have been thinking of doing a podcast or already have one, but know it could be better, join us here on Wildfire Radio. Wildfire Radio has top of the line equipment, a great spacious studio, <clears throat> excuse me, and a network that is packed with household names and Philadelphia sports radio and television. Names like Glenn Macnow. Big Daddy Graham, Leslie Goodell, Ron Burke, Jody Mack, Bill Metz, John Weatherspoon, and his fast-growing NBA panel podcast on Saturday mornings right here on Wildfire Radio. And he's joined by our third man on our podcast, Brian Idley, who's yeah, not yeah. here yet, but he'll he, be he here. He won't be late then. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he better not be. <laughs> but he's not here quite yet, but he'll be here at some point. But Brian Idley is on that show, and of course, Nick McCone and myself, the Straight Shooters here, also on Wildfire Radio. Also, we've got the Rassel Rock guys, too. Can't forget yeah. them. Wildfire Radio also offers a unique variety of shows. So if you've got an idea for a show that we, we don't already have, go to wildfireradio.com and click on Contacts to set up a meeting with Wildfire Radio right now. One, so two ideas that we don't we already have taken up, guys, just in case. Yeah. Paranormal shows mm -hmm. and real estate. we got real estate covered. So if you got a real estate Well, we do idea, have two wrestling shows. So That's true. That's true. Yeah, we can get those. Wildfire to just take your money. Radio Wars, real estate. <laughs> wildfire don't. Wildfire don't even care. They just take your money. <laughs> so if you got another ghost show, you want to do it on the air. Wildfire Radio let you do it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> get your get your real estate. Oh, is there friendly competition between the wrestling shows, or do, are you guys like enemies? Nah, nah we, we like each other. Yeah, we're cool for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like the Jody Mack thing. Jody Mack's like a New York, uh, New yeah. York sports radio guy. Yeah, he goes uh, back and forth. Yeah, WFAN. Yeah, yeah, and he's also down here. I met him. WIP. So did I. Good for you. I was there too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just like faded to the background when I met Jody Mack. Uh, <laughs> I was busy getting the tasty cakes. I, I was going to say <laughs> the tasty cakes are slamming. All right. 
No doubt. <laughs> he used to do like a wrestling show on WFAN too. I think like overnights. Yeah, he's a big wrestling oh, yeah. fan. Yeah, he's a really like, big wrestling like, fan. I don't know how, how like educated of a wrestling fan he is, but he's a wrestling fan. Like he likes wrestling a lot. Like he talks about it on the fan sometimes. Right. That's all. It, that's mm. all it needs. As long as you're a fan, doesn't matter Sorry. how educated you are. Yeah. Just be a fan and be cool with me. All right, well, all right. You're all inclusive. You're like you're, you're like a nice little day spa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With That's ha- how we promote ourselves. I could t- I could be happy. I could have happy endings too. No oh. day spa. Well, this is a family show. This is the ladies. I can give you the happy endings too. This is, just so you know. This is Easy, deep. big fella. <laughs> this has gotten weird real fast. It's all my fault. I, I, I derail shows on a regular basis. Oh, all right, Larry. Sounds like you got settled in and in your house and off the road safely. So you you good to go now? I'm re- I'm ready to rock. I heard I heard the whole intro and you guys bantering back and forth and listing about twenty thousand shows on Wildfire Radio. <laughs> At least, yeah, there's a lot. We got a lot of I'm really excited to hear the Paranormal Show, man. Maybe I'll find out about ghosts or something. Right, yeah, Paradelphia. That's what it's called. Paradelphia. Paradel- yeah. It's called Paradelphia. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's well, interesting. You yeah. see, see, I I learn something new every day doing stuff. Like this. That's more about this job. Go to the archives on WildfireRadio.com. I don't know. I didn't even know even that. Even on iTunes. Professional you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into nah. our discussion here. <laughs> nah, that's a professional. Ah. <laughs> go ahead, Nick. You, you go, boy, with what? your professional self. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the discussion here. That's a pat that's on the me. back. Yeah. With I biggest... hope it sounded like that. Whatever. Well, first, I mean, Larry, I don't know if you want to say any more about uh, Busted Open and, and maybe what Yeah, you guys do five you. days a week, right? Yeah. Now? Yeah, so so typically, so we're Monday through Friday um, on Sirius XM uh, channel called Rush. It's, uh, it's it's 93 on whether you have Sirius or XM radio, and it's from Monday through Friday, from two to four p.m. Eastern. Uh, David Lagreca, Dave Lagreca is like the main host of the show. He's there Monday through Friday, and then you got um, probably future Hall of Famer Bully Ray in there. Also, a uh, Ring of Honor superstar, you know, former WWE TNA guy, you know, all the accolades. Right. Uh, he's in there. I've heard of him. Typically, like the way it's the way it's set. <laughs> you heard of him? The way <laughs> yeah. it's set up is that usually I'm in there Monday through Wednesday, and Bully's in there Thursday to Friday. But sometimes we switch it up depending upon schedules. But five days a week, you get some sort of combination of Lagreca, myself, and Bully Ray. Awesome, awesome. How's how's the, the show grown over the last couple of years, especially since you guys go on five days a week? We we went five days, so we were three days up until the week after Super Bowl this year. And this, I mean, I've been with the show, so two years ago I was just like a fill-in, fill-in host. Oh, actually, for the, for, the, for the last two years I was a fill-in host. And then when we went five days a week in February, I had gotten um, I had gotten launched to I got got like I guess what we call it, promotion I guess to to two days a week for the five day thing. Then we brought Bully Ray in, so. The show really has grown a lot. It's it, it's something when we go to like WrestleMania weekends and we do remotes, we have a lot of fans come out. And I mean, social media wise, I mean, I feel like I grow like fifty to one hundred followers a week right now from it. And it's just I, I I'm starting to see people out places and and they'll come up to me, they'll recognize me for things or they'll recognize my voice. It, it's it's kind of surreal because it, it literally the show's been around. Oh God, this show's been around for like, a, I want to say like eight years or so. I'm wow. probably wrong on that, so, so Alex is going to kill me for being wrong. <laughs> Alex Metz is our producer, but uh, it's been around for like eight years, but it's really grown a lot in the, in the, since February. Once we went five days, it, it's been like a rocket ship that's just taken off, and, and, and now, you know, we'll see where it goes. Right. Well, congratulations yeah. to you guys. Glad it's working out. I was glad to see somebody, some you know, one of these wrestling shows really take off and <laughs> pretty much go mainstream, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, that's in five yeah. days. That's a daily show, pretty much. It is. You don't see that too much in wrestling. It's a, it's a daily show on wrestling, and it's it's you know, at first when I we went five days, I kind of there was a part of me that was like, what the hell are we gonna do for content? Because I can't talk Roman Reigns for ten hours a week. <laughs> like, just, you can't. I, I, I just won't. I won't love wrestling anymore. Like I said, I just don't want to do that. And, and it's it's really. It's weird how it's worked out because, you know, obviously, you know, if you have a pay-per-view on Sunday, you got that on Monday, you got Raw, you got SmackDown. Wrestling, there's so much wrestling on there, and I'm not saying that you're not going to get two hours out of Impact on a Friday because it's just, just, you know, you're taking a niche audience of it, like you're taking a fraction of a fraction of a fraction at that point, but... Unfortunately, you know, there's so many pay-per-views now. You can like preview a pay-per-view on a Friday, something like that, mm-hmm. and 
No, you could you, you get two paper, you get you get two preview Fridays a month. Right, it's, it's like a layup. <laughs> so many now, <laughs> like it's yeah. every other day. It seems like there's a damn pay per view. There's a pay per view tonight, Ring of Honor. Yeah, you got Ring. Yeah, you got Ring of. Well, I forgot there was a Ring of Honor show tonight until like about like Monday morning. I think I woke up and I saw a tweet about, it and I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ, I got another mm. thing to watch. Yeah, and it's just like you got Ring of Honor, and, and if you want to follow, like New Japan's gotten bigger, so they have shows. You know, with the G One coming up, like yeah, next week, Juniors. Can't wait. They, 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 there's just so much stuff to watch now that you can kind of cover and talk about, and yeah. I, and I think that's pretty cool because you, you go into something five days a week with wrestling, you're just like. I don't know, man. Like you got the mainstream stuff. How much can you really get out of it? But you can really. It almost feels like sometimes like ten hours is not enough. Yeah. Because yeah. you get to have fun, joke around about things, and cover things. But there's always something going on in wrestling, and that's that's kind of the cool part about it. And I'm pretty sure Bully Ray's got some stories. Mm. They, you know, his yeah. his insight. He could probably get long winded, but it's still good though. It's not like he's bad. He's still really good and got some good stuff. And I, I'd like to listen to it. Yeah, no. Listen, he's got story, and, and and he brings, and that's the perspective you're getting, right? Like Dave's like the ultimate fan. Like, like he's the guy that's been watching. He's 44, 45 years old, been watching his whole life from the territory days on, and he, and he has the fan perspective of things covered. Bully Ray's obviously made it to the apex of wrestling. He's he's traveled all over the world. He he, he did make WrestleManias, had big time WrestleMania moments, and was an integral part of ECW, WWE, TNA, now Ring of Honor. And you have me, who was, you know, a guy with Evolve and, and, and the World Wrestling Network with Dragon Gate USA and FIP for, for the past seven, eight years. So I'm like the, I'm like the indie guy that, that kind of hit that level and didn't cross over. So you got these three different levels of things, and, and, and we kind of were able to cover, over a bit, cover, ugh, cover all the bases with it. Uh-huh. There you go. Check it out on Sirius XM, two, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m., Larry Dallas, Joe LaGreca, and even— Dave Lula- LaGreca. Dave LaGreca. I'm saying Joe LaGreca. I'm thinking— I said Joey LaGreca like I'm thinking cheaters and Joey Greco. That's why I said. That's why I said Joey. Dave LaGreca. I'm sorry, Dave. If you're listening, Dave, I'm sorry. I apologize. I watch too much. Sometimes cheaters is on. I gotta watch it. <laughs> Joey Greco. Is that still on? Yeah, it's still uh, on. It's in syndication, baby. I watch cheaters all the time. <laughs> I, well, I remember. Uh, yeah, that was. It was on syndication. It's been on syndication for a long time, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, like years ago, I remember watching that. That's that's like, why. As soon as I heard Greco, I was like, Joe, Greco. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. 2 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Monday through Friday, every day on Sirius yeah. XM, Larry Dallas and the gang. But let's get into our discussion topic, which we call, recently called, The yeah, Forum. I like it. Where we get to... Whoever thought about that name is a genius. That Nick McCollum, man. Ah. But we deep dive into a discussion, and this week our discussion is biggest missed opportunities in wrestling history. We kind of touched on one. I thought which one. This yeah. past Sunday at Money in the Bank, uh, Larry, uh, what were your thoughts on the the first ever women's Money in the Bank match at at, at Money in the Bank last Sunday? I, I think you took a moment from the from the women, and, and that's what bothered me the most is that you had something in that moment that you could have literally put on video packages for years uh, of of a girl, of one of those women sitting at the top of that ladder holding that briefcase with the natural emotion that was going to come from that, and and it kind of took it from them, and I and I think that that. That's what bothered me the most. Not so much like, because I think sometimes in wrestling you overthink things. Yeah. You sit there and you go, oh, well, it's going to be great heel heat. The fans are going to hate them. And, and you get the reaction you want, so you think it justifies the, the movement. Right. But you, you lost such a bigger moment. And, and I think that that was probably not the moment to sacrifice that because the, the story you could have gotten out of, I don't care who it was that won. Just give anyone that kind of, that, that kind of thing and that kind of match. They, they've done so much in the past couple of years with the women's with the women's division. And if you want to compare it to the UFC's women's division or and Ronda Rousey and all that stuff, yeah, there's parallels there and that's probably the reason why it happened. But these are these are now supreme athletes and they've main evented Raws, they've main evented SmackDown, they've main evented pay-per-views, they've main evented NXT takeovers. And this was another step forward for them. But instead the visual you gave of, of of Ellsworth being the Ellsworth of all people too, <laughs> being the one to, being the one to pull it down and and the, and the bad taste you left in people's mouths. If you weren't going to go out there and do a proper ladder match with these girls, then you shouldn't have done the ladder match at all. Yeah, and, and that's just kind of my stance on it. Yeah, sometimes we as wrestling fans, or pundits, whatever you want to call them. We kind of get caught up in wrestling too much. We get too deep in that forest, and we're like, "Oh, well, this is great heat. You know, this is wrestling. This is great heat. This is great heat." It's like, dude, this is bigger than that, though. This is mm-hmm. this could have been bigger than just a great angle. This wasn't about just an angle. This is about, like you said, his. This is history, 
Yeah. It's not like we made it bigger than what it was. WWE did that with the video packages and all the, the YouTube videos they played during the week when they were interviewing every yeah. every woman on the roster that wasn't in that match. Even Liv Morgan, they talked to her. They talked to Stephanie McMahon. She didn't even make the match. They talked to her. She hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania, but they yeah. still found a way to talk to Stephanie McMahon and have her give her opinion on the match. So they did they did more hype for this than they did the first Hell in a Cell match with the women. Mm-hmm. And that was that main event at the pay-per-view. What? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, no, I was wiping no, no, something I'm, off. Okay. I, 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 I'm with you on that because it's like, and like I didn't love the ladder match idea for the girls, and and I want to be very careful about how I say it because I don't want it to come off as like misogynistic. Right. But the the body frame to take bigger bumps, you you want a little bit more, you want a little bit more meat on your bones, and you want more muscle to kind of. Absorb that impact. And I I didn't like the idea of the match because I didn't want anyone getting hurt badly, trying to live up to expectations that guys that, that you see in ladder matches all the time. Right. But what they went out there and did was they went out there and did like basically like a ladder match light where you had a bunch of throats, you know, people falling on on the ropes, you know, uh, hitting their neck on the th- on the ropes, and a couple and like maybe I think maybe one person I think the body slam onto Becky was the only bump on the ladder itself. You had you had Charlotte hit the big the, the big um, the big twisting somersault off the top rope to the outside, but for the most part it was a very tame match. So the tame match, and, and even with that said, the crowd was still into it. Yeah, it was still and a good went, match. It was still I thought it was still a, for what they did. It was still pretty good. And I exactly. agree with you. It's like you don't want them to get hurt because the expectation we have expectations for ladder matches. Like we see, right. we know when we want to, when we see a ladder match, we want what Jeff Hardy was doing. Back in mm-hmm. back in the day, we want to see somebody. What, what AJ Styles did when in the bank when he fell from the the briefcase yeah. and just fell splat in the yeah. middle of the ring. Like, but that's that's our expectations almost. And I was I was wondering to see if they could live up to it. I thought that the match itself was was good. It didn't not. I don't think it blew the doors off of anything. You know, as far as ladder matches, I don't know if they can do that. Who knows? But I'm more. I was more like the finish is completely. <laughs> overshadowed anything that happened in that match to me because it's like you just took away like Larry said took away a significant moment or a missed opportunity so mm. that's what we're here to talk about missed opportunities in wrestling history Nick it looks like you have a whole list of these missed opportunities I do so if you want to start <laughs> off and give us a 14 to be exact 14 missed opportunities I don't know that sounds like a Bleacher that. Report story <laughs> <laughs> 14 uh, missed opportunities maybe I'll send in my resume yeah you should make it a slideshow you'll never believe what this girl looks like now as you, as you skip through 30, 30 pages trying to find out what she ended up looking like it's Carmella holding the briefcase and then it's all worth grabbing the briefcase <laughs> like, what how did that happen but start us off Nick what, what is your the first uh, opportunity that was missed that you wanted to bring up this is and this is goes back to when I was a kid and I always wondered as a kid why WWF never did this and allowed Ric Flair to walk away without doing Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at Wrestlemania I get it I've heard it that they were on the house show circuit they didn't draw well which is preposterous. Blah, 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 blah. It's Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. You got to do it at WrestleMania. Right. Do it anyway. Yeah. And they, they they built it up. You know, it's not like they they, they they did like a 180 at the last second. You know, right after Royal Rumble, you know, like that was when all of a sudden it was Sid and Hogan at odds and everything. And it just didn't make sense to me. That's probably. Even as a kid. Still to this day, probably the biggest missed opportunity in wrestling history. No, I have one more. But think, well, another one that's bigger than that? I do, That was but the I'll save biggest it. match of, that could have been the biggest match of, like, of all time to that point. Yeah, yeah. And this was before I was fully entrenched in what happened with Hogan and Andre in 87, because I had just started watching WWF in 1990. So I didn't... It was in my young fandom, like the early to mid-90s, where I started learning about the history, really only of WWF. I didn't start watching WCW till a little bit later on. So, uh, yeah, I think up until that point, Hogan versus Flair would have been the biggest match in my eyes in yeah. pro wrestling ever. Right. And it, it just... It, it, the Hoosier Dome, you know, WrestleMania 8, like, it just, it's astonishing that they went the route they did. Which, by the way, I'm not mad about it because... Like I, I said before, Randy Savage, Ric Flair is one of my favorite title matches of all time. And apparently Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler of all time because he's in two matches, the 
two of my favorite matches. <laughs> just, apparently, it is. <laughs> yeah, because like when people ask me who's your favorite wrestler, I was like, I, don't, I really don't have one. I don't watch somebody over somebody else. Really, right. I, I, I didn't used to. Uh, but yeah, it, it just still boggles my mind. They never did Hogan Flair and yeah, WWF. Twenty something years later, still, yeah. still mind boggling. Twenty was it? Twenty. That was the first one on my list too. It was the first once you said the topic, missed opportunities. I was like, up. Oh, Started it right down. There you go. Uh, Larry, did you, do you have any, off the top of your head, any missed opportunities that you can think of in wrestling history? I, I just think not bringing all the big guys over from WCW when, they, when the invasion angle happened was the biggest missed opportunity as far as money left on the table. Uh, I, like, I know that would have thrown out the pay structure of things, but I, I think not bringing over the main, 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 main players for that was, was really... It changed the business in a way, and 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 the invasion angle kind of flamed out because of it. And I think that that uh, that's always going to be one, my biggest missed opportunity in wrestling. Nick just saying, Nick agrees. He's put up number one. Yeah, that like was that, that was just number one. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, buddy. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> but one ball was like, you got one bigger than that. I was like, yep. Then that that was basically I, I put down not bringing it. So I had I actually listed Hogan, Hall, Nash, Goldberg, Sting, and Flair should have been the top six on their radar to bring in during the invasion and i understand they were getting paid to not do anything and i don't blame them obviously but at the same time you're like man do i like be a part of that like that would have been so historic so much more historic because wmf was missing top guys too they didn't have triple h they didn't have chris benoit he was hurt so yeah you know yeah both of them were hurt Yeah. yeah but I mean, it probably could have did without Benoit, but Triple H, I think they, this guy they, they would right. would have wanted, because mm-hmm. Benoit wasn't a top guy at that point, even though he was a star, but he wasn't a top guy. And uh, but yeah, that's definitely like huge. I mean, can you imagine? Just we could imagine all day what could yeah. have been if yeah. you had Sting versus The Rock in, in uh-huh. two thousand two, two thousand one. <laughs> if you had Goldberg versus Steve Austin back then, or uh-huh. Hogan versus Steve Austin. Well, we got Hogan versus The Rock, but. If you had uh, who else did you name? Said Nash Flair because he came in yeah, right after. Came in right angle. after, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's definitely a huge one. DDP, but if they use DDP properly, that's a big opp- that's a big missed opportunity. That's on my list. Yeah, because <laughs> holy hell, they made him a stalker. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? Barry Windham, eat your heart out. You ain't no stalker. You ain't no DDP <laughs> stalker. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Barry Windham, the stalker. That's that's a, that's a good reference. Thank you. Thank you. I All think right. I brought him up like a couple of weeks ago too. He's on my mind for some reason. I'm watching old Raws of, of on the WWE you Network. Think of Barry Windham, you bring up the Stalker, <laughs> not the Four Horsemen Barry Windham, not even like NWA 1998 Barry Windham. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after he killed after he killed somebody and caused and made the Widowmaker, you know, he started stalking <laughs> the uh, the girl that never broke up with him. The Widowmaker. It's a highlight it, of his it makes career. Makes a lot of sense. It all goes together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, DDP and WWE is my, my Ooh, one of mine. That was that's just disgrace how they did him. They did yeah, him nasty. So, and, it's, it's just I don't terrible. Even, they did yeah, DDP. you know, like, and you know, I, I think I told the story before where one of my classmates, uh, her DDP was the best man at her parents' wedding, and nice. she, she showed me like a picture and everything. And when I was like in sixth or seventh grade, I was like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" So I always felt like I had a connection to him, even though like okay. I was related, you know. And right there, you go. And, <laughs> like okay, you knew somebody sure. that knew somebody, and his feud with Savage in '97 was probably one of my favorite wrestling feuds of all time. And you know, I was really excited when he went to. I kind of like soured on him when he was like World Heavyweight Champion DDP because I didn't buy him as a main eventer at at first in WCW. But you know, he 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 was like he was good. Like, there's nothing I could say negative about him that's really w- warranted. Until WWF ruined him when he went over they, there. They, they at least tried. They yeah. tried really hard to ruin him. Uh, I have a, bit, a missed opportunity. It involves WCW as well. But before they close their doors, it involves, we probably talked about this way back in the early days of straight shooters, hmm. but Starcade 97, the main event, <sighs> with all that buildup with Sting facing Hogan, the greatest story they ever told in WCW. I mean, this was, this was the match. Mm-hmm the end-all be-all to this whole NWO angle. And then you have Bret Hart punch out the referee. No, first you have Hogan pin Sting. Right. The referee count to three. Not even a fast count. No, just like one, two, three. You lose Sting. Thanks for coming back. And then you have Bret Hart punch out. No, he he prevents the ring announcer from ringing the bell, which means the match can't end. I mean, of course. The match can't end unless the bell rings. 
Then he punched that guy, right? Or something like that. Then he punched, did he, he punch the referee too? He punched the ref. He just punched Nick everybody. Passer took the hel- most hilarious bump I've ever seen a ref take. Bret Hart gets in the ring, he's punching everybody except <laughs> Sting, who all of a sudden hooks right. up on Hogan. You know, irony. And he hits yeah. Sting a splash and pins him, and it's like, oh, well, did he, did he, win? what? What he, was this? So he didn't pin him. Oh, he, he put, put him in Stinger Splash and Hogan he, just like shook his he, head. He put him in the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, that's Stinger Splash. And pointing Death at Bret Hart. It's the sharpshooter. So, <laughs> it, and Tony Schiavone's like, he's going to bring back the Scorpion Deathlock. And I'm kind of like, but he's pointing at Bret Hart. So he's like saying, I'm going to use the sharpshooter. Because I know he I used know. the Scorpion Deathlock before that. And he was pointing at Bret. They never really explained why. Like, why is he pointing at Bret? That was garbage. You know, it and, was just all garbage. And then Hogan's like trying to hang on. Then he, you see him nod his head, and Bret Hart's like, "Ring the bell." And what? That's it. Yeah. Man, he didn't pin him. That, that could have been the best story they ever did. It, it would have a very happy ending. And they had the you know the celebration at the end, and then Sting said something in Japanese apparently. Okay. Even the crowd was like not even buying it. It was just like, oh yay, <laughs> Sting did but something. He just lost, but he won. He, okay. He got pinned. He got pinned. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. Uh, Another one that was pretty bad to me, which over, played over the course of an entire summer. I'm going to take you back to summer 2011. Huh. I think I know where They it call is. that the summer of punk. They do? The WWE version. Hmm. And boy, what did they drop the ball on that. <laughs> uh. Larry, what did, you, what did you think about the summer of punk, Larry? I think that the summer of punk should have became like the winter of punk and led to WrestleMania. I would have had him out there wrestling on random shows out uh, outside of the company taking the taking the belt and and, and running with it and, and led to like a wrestlemania main event where someone was fighting to get that belt back i, I think they really really shotgun that a little too quick and i think that was the biggest problem with the whole thing yeah i mean they he, he left at the money in the bank i think he won that money in the bank he came back like two weeks later i don't even know if it was two it might have been the ver- uh, not the raw after that but the this that would have been week after. That would have been two weeks then. Yeah, it's well, one week. Uh, yeah, to technically, me, yeah, two episodes of Raw. Yeah, but yeah, he shows up because they had him show up at like Comic Con and talk to Triple H and yeah. holler at Triple H, which was pretty badass. Yeah, for the time, you know, yeah. like we we weren't used to no. that type of. Oh my God, they're going outside WWE. Right, you know? he's like, at Comic Con yeah. and, and and with with the belt. Mm-hmm. Shows back up. They had the match at SummerSlam. That ends in a wonky finish. Right? Wasn't that the Wasn't that the weird well, finish where they had the real cash in? No, well, Del Rio cashed in after because Punk won. Yeah, he beat Cena, but Nash attacked Punk. Right, and then and then Del Rio came. That's what I'm saying. That all that that's that's all bad. That was all bad. That's what I'm saying. All that stuff, extra stuff, was bad. Yeah, no doubt. So that was that was fumble number two. They fumbled with him coming back too soon. I I understand they wanted a big match with SummerSlam, but hey, I mean, relax, WWE, you can do something (laughs) else. Uh, Fumble number one. Fumble number two was the Nash and Del Rio stuff. Fumble number three. I think he fumbled three times in the same Jeez. drive. They they recovered the first two. They yeah. could have still. still it could be Ryan Matthews. Could have still salvaged this, okay? But no, the biggest fumble was when he at Night of Champions when he just lost to Triple H. <sighs> Damn WWE, <laughs> like you're just like exasperated just like, by talking about. You had he was the hottest yeah. thing. He, he was. was the hottest thing when that 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 promo he cut in Vegas, yeah. the hottest oh, thing, man. and they just every step of the way fumbled it. Every time, and it's like at the, when he lost Triple place, they fumbled it away to the other team. They ran it back to four touchdown, ninety nine yards. <laughs> Who'd the other team be? Whoever else, man. <laughs> it was just it was just bad. It wasn't TNA? No, no, so. they they would have dropped. They would have fumbled it back. They, they would have been back and forth. They would have no, we don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hot potato. It would have been bad. So, and didn't so it was like originally Punk Nash, but Nash wasn't cleared right to wrestle. Yeah. So that's why they went like in the direction of Triple H. So even that whole thing. It, it made sense, obviously, Punk Nash, if they wanted that storyline. Because that was Nash the angle. Cost they were Punk, yeah. That was a feud and all that, yeah. Right. But all they did was like yell at each other on the mic back and forth. Well, that was... Nash cut one of the greatest promos of all time on Punk, though. <laughs> he said, hit the weights. take a shower, hit the weights, <laughs> yeah. get a clue. <laughs> that was God, awesome. we need to put that in the intro. We should. <laughs> that was, one of the, to me, one of the greatest promos of all time. <laughs> he took like six words. Uh, and... Like he sent the texts and that was uh, all part of it. That me. was all oh part of God. it. He sent the text, <laughs> but then Punk said, "What was the text he said?" He's like, "LOL, thought Nash was dead." I'm like, "OMG!" <laughs> that that was funny. that I forgot about. That was funny. But yeah, no, that 
it started off with such great promise and like wow this is something different like we haven't really seen this and this, right, right away it's like nope this is why you can't this trust is WWE. this is why you can't trust WWE to this day exactly they, if they can screw that up they can screw anything up <laughs> uh, but Larry you got another missed opportunity out there that you can think of a missed opportunity I could think of you know I should have been thinking about this the whole time you guys were talking uh, <laughs> missed opportunity I could think of besides that I, I think that they I I I, th- I can't come up with one off the top of my head right now um we can come back to you if you think so you think of I one. could do a recent one. I'll, I'll go recent. Yeah, go through your list again. I'm gonna come up with one. I'm yeah. gonna come up with one quickly. And I'll interrupt you like an asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> now, last year, the return of Seth Rollins. Mm. Oh, I that think, was a huge missed opportunity. I, they fumbled that. I think. Oh, they, they screwed that up so. Yeah. They, they screwed that up so badly. Yeah. On, uh, because because he could have been the biggest baby face in the company if they did that right the first time right away. That's exactly my point. Oh, they screwed that up so badly. And that's like where, even as a heel, people liked them to a degree. But then, you know, you you tear your ACL and you're like, the whole whole video packages are showing his comeback. You know he's working his ass off to come back and perform. He's crying at WrestleMania. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) in in the press box. And he beats Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. As a heel, though, you know, he, he came back and he was just like, what, Extreme Rules, right? Yeah. Huge pop. And then what was it? The next night, it's like I don't need you guys to right. cheer me. Which I mean, he was a heel the entire time leading up to that. So maybe flipping him straight babyface right out right away would have been kind of weird. But, but they've done it before. I know they have, and that's the weird thing. It's like he has this. Like, either you give him this sudden change of heart, mm. and he's like, "Hey guys, I missed you guys." <laughs> or he's like, maybe he slowly but surely. The way they turned him babyface was bad to me. I don't mind that they kind of waited on it, even okay. though I agree. Like it, it was kind of a missed opportunity not doing it right away. But the way they did it eventually, mm-hmm. which is the only reason why he was a babyface, is because Triple H didn't help him, mm-hmm. and he 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 screwed him over. At the t- how many times has Triple H helps this guy, <laughs> and the one time he didn't, now he's all of a sudden he's mad, and now he want to get his revenge. Yeah, uh, now we're supposed to cheer him. <laughs> well, so when he came back, the the pop, like just listen to the pop. People wanted to cheer him. Oh, so they've why, always wanted to cheer Seth. Why Rollins. even go go forth with a promo where he's like? I don't need you guys to cheer for me. Why even go that route to try and keep him either as a heel or like an in-between guy where you know eventually you're going to turn him face? One, one name. You ready for this? Two names? One one name. Well, one whole name. Two two names, though, but it's a part of one name. Roman ah, Reigns. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Can't have two top baby faces, man. You got to have that one. Now they it have It never two, worked with Austin and The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never worked, right? But no, clearly they wanted to make Roman Reigns the top guy and make him the top baby face and give him a give him a good heel to go up against and probably beat. They didn't beat him because he got the suspension and Dean Ambrose cashed in. It was a whole mess. Yeah, <laughs> it was a whole mess. Then he had the brand extension and Finn uh, Balor got hurt. Yeah, of. yeah. <laughs> like all kinds of crap happened, man. Goldberg came back, got a huge pop. He got over. <laughs> then it was like, you know, we need that t- that red belt for Goldberg and Brock. Yeah. It was just. They, it's, you know it's crazy they f- change plans on the fly yeah. for certain things mm-hmm. but then other things are like nope we're sticking to the plan it's like but the fans told you to change it like if you yeah. changed it for Goldberg and when he got the big pop why couldn't they have changed the plans changed directions a little bit for Seth Rollins when he got the massive pop I think he probably got a bigger pop than Goldberg did when he first oh, came yeah. back oh yeah so I still wonder about that just I think and Seth Rollins is all right now, though. I yeah, think he's recovered. Nicely. I don't think it ruined anything. It was just like it could have made been a bigger. moment, yeah, more special. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 as I say, they left money on the table, yeah. so to speak. I, but good for Seth Rollins, though. I think he's all right. He's in a good position now. He's on the cover of the game, which is yeah. that's pretty big. For, it is be now. one of the, the new generation guys because usually it's, it's, it's been Steve Austin, it's been uh, Goldberg. Goldberg. No, Brock Lesnar. was like, Brock last year. It wasn't Goldberg wasn't on the cover. He's just a pre-order guy. But oh well, still, still one of the right. he's still one of the newer guys that's on the cover. Mm-hmm. Which I'm surprised Sting. it's Rollins. Sting was the pre-order guy, right? Yeah, Sting was Ultimate Warrior one year. Yeah, but they had like The Rock, Cena, Austin, and Goldberg. Well, not Goldberg, Lesnar. But I'm surprised it's not Reigns. It's, it's actually right. Maybe 2K yeah. was like, hey, we want people to buy this game. Don't put Reigns on there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, WWE, I know you want Reigns, but we want people to buy the game. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just keep telling them that. Maybe next year. And they put Braun Strowman in the <laughs> game next year. <laughs> the next year after it'll be Bray Wyatt. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we keep saying next year. 
We still got this Roman Reigns guy. <laughs> mm, no. Speaking of which, one of my missed opportunities, Bray Wyatt. Just in general? In general. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I, I dug what they were doing when they debuted, took on Kane, whatever. I don't think Kane won that SummerSlam match, the no, Ring of Fire didn't. match. Ray Wyatt like, beat him and like yeah. dragged him away and yeah, kidnapped so him or something like that. That was good. And then Daniel Bryan, they Daniel Bryan joined just to get Wyatt in a case, and that's kind of like, well, like that was a, that was little, pretty good eh. that, for that one. For Bryan, I thought it was, but yeah. for Wyatt, it's like so it made him look a little bit stupid, in my opinion. Well, he's done that plenty yeah. of times. So yes. Yeah. Um, but then after that, then he loses to Cena. That's you know, when it began. That's I think yeah. that was really the beginning. I of agree. Like, I agree. When they began to drop the ball with Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt, and then, like I said, I said it before, his title reign is is, is like so forgettable right now. Well, yeah, it was a means was a, to an end. It was a month. It was a means to an Not end. Not even. It was yeah. to get him the title so he can get it to Randy Orton. And people were like, "Wow, he should be champion one day," and then he was, and people are, they're not going to remember it. And nope. So his reign means nothing. He was a champion, and so yep. it, I just in general, I, I, I don't even remember seeing him with the belt too many times. I just <laughs> like he was just, he just had it, and yeah. then he showed up at WrestleMania and lost it. And Orton burned his house down. It's like yeah. what the hell, <laughs> damn, big bad wolf. At least the belt wasn't in there. I think I think Bray would have just been a great territory wrestler, and I think the biggest mistake for him is the fact that he was born as late as he was. Damn it, yeah. IRS have kids earlier. <laughs> <laughs> So I think Mr. that, like, you know, if this is like if this is the seventies or eighties, he can go from town to town and and, and keep the aura of being Bray Wyatt up. Yeah. But I think weekly, it's just kind of like this, like you're watching this weird sci-fi show in the middle of a wrestling show, and that kind of that kind of takes away from him a little bit, unfortunately. Right. I think you say that about a lot of guys. They would have been better off in the territories because they wouldn't have been overexposed. And we talked yeah. about this before the show that yeah. that could hurt people. I think the the problem with Bray Wyatt is that they've taken the completely wrong direction with him. I think I said this before in the past is that he's too like you said too sci-fi. Like why is like Undertaker is a special case. He can do the the, the crazy teleportation, lightning strike type of stuff. Remember ninety eight when him and Kane were trading powers yeah. back and forth. Even though that, that was, was awesome, that was it was awesome. Yeah, but it was still kind of weird. But it still worked yeah. back then. Yeah, but it works for the Undertaker and Kane. We accept it with them. We suspend our disbelief for them because they're over. Number one, they're cool, and we got like we had time to build up with Undertaker to invest in him before he started doing that type of stuff. Right, and Bray Wyatt. Right away, he was doing teleportation. And it was like, what? What makes him teleport? To me. Get rid of the 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 myth the mystical aspect of Bray Wyatt. No teleporting, none of the whole graphic before he shows up. The blip thing that happens yeah, on the screen. Yeah, that's kind of old by now. Yeah, we've seen it a million times. To me, and I've always said this, it should be based more on reality. Make him more a cult leader instead of like a wizard. Make him right. more, more psychopathic right. than uh, mythical. Like mentally, like that. Uh, just. That reminded me when they were feuding with New Day and just like Xavier Woods, you know, like it was almost like he was my messing with his mind. Yeah. yeah, that type of stuff. But, but that then, was good. But then they did the whole the the thing at the wide compound when all the people showed up. Like, yeah, then they just left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like make him base more on reality. Make him more Charles Manson and less Voldemort. <laughs> like that's that's just how I see it. Like. The, the scariest thing part about Charles Manson is that he's a real person mm-hmm. who legit got these people to join him and do hor- horrific things mm-hmm. in real life. He didn't have a special power. He didn't have. Yeah. He didn't shoot lightning from his hand. He was a real person. To me, that's what Bray Wyatt should be. He should be an actual person based in reality. Less, more Jim Jones. Less, you know, name a wizard. You know, an evil wizard. Or wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. That evil guy. You know. But that's what I'm saying. Like that. That's what I think they really messed up with Bray Wyatt, in my opinion, in the long run. That's just his character is just way off. And I don't think people yeah. really. Bu- and then it doesn't help too that he's cutting these promos and talking about all this stuff, and then he just loses every match, loses every big match. That's it. They just never give him that. I, I guess in 2017, even in well, he came up on the main roster in 2013 as Bray Wyatt, but they just to me, that was when they were like, okay, we're gonna. Give this, get this guy over by winning matches, and then once he lost to Cena, it's kind of like, oh, we don't care if he wins matches or not. <laughs> he shoots lightning from and, his hands. We and, don't need him to win. <laughs> and then, like, the crowd just doesn't care because 
He could say all these things in his promos he wants, but he doesn't, like, do anything. Yeah. Despite all of that, we could say one thing about Bray Wyatt, even though he's going through a divorce, apparently, which is probably going to suck for him. Uh, but he did land JoJo. How in the world did he do that? We got to talk to Bray Wyatt about this. <laughs> You're not happy, are you? No, because it's like, if Bray Wyatt could do it, I feel like I could do it, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know he got more money than me. He's taller than me. He's got a nice car and stuff like champion. that. Right. WWE champ. Damn, JoJo, she's like the the baddest one in WWE. Like the best they, one. Yeah. I don't know. Something going on. Uh, there's a lot going Maybe on, Bo apparently. Maybe Bo Dallas is his wingman or something. Who knows, that's man? That's Who what knows? Uh, Larry, did you think of another missed opportunity in the midst of us rambling here? Larry, is he still there? Oh, he lo- we, we lost Larry. We'll, we'll get him back, though. But Nick, you got well, do you have another one? I do. I have uh so when Bret Hart went to WCW. Oh, that whole ten and the whole time he I was thought there? I thought in the beginning it was good. But then uh, so he faced Ric Flair sold uh, sold out. I thought that was interesting of his uh like why would they do that? Cuz they're both WCW, didn't make sense to me. But it was a good match and uh but then well Hogan beat Savage for the title in April. Completely kiboshing Sting's run. And then they turned Bret Hart heel to side with Hulk Hogan. That was a mistake. And at that point... Everybody wanted to cheer for Bret Hart and they turned him heel. Even though he was a good heel, but at that point, everybody wanted to cheer for Bret Hart. And And they felt like he got screwed out by WWE. That, like, everyone knew the story. They... NWO came out with Canadian flags. And, like... Like Bret Hart is a knockout kind of guy, and they thought they were recruiting him. I thought it was a great angle with you know him turning on the NWO when they thought they were that he was with them, and then like the whole thing with Flair was like ah like let's see who's really the best, and then he just kind of floundered up until April. Hogan beat Savage after Sprint Stampede with Hart was like all involved. I'm like, what the hell was were they doing with Bret Hart? Nothing. <laughs> like, I can't even. Uh, like it still aggravates. You me. could say a lot of there were a lot of missed opportunities in WCW because there were. When you really think about it, around that definitely around that time frame, because I, I was talking about this before the show, uh, late '96 into uh, to me the whole year of '97 into early '98. I thought WCW was on fire. I thought Nitro was the best show. I, the ratings prove it. They were the best wrestling show on TV. And then to, to, that happened. To piggyback off of your Bret Hart point, though, when he went to WCW, I thought that it was a missed opportunity from WWE to not elevate Owen Hart from that. Well, because people wanted so, to cheer for Owen, and yeah. I know that was Austin's time, so you couldn't elevate him to to super heights because Austin was a guy you had to get him to that spot. But I think that Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels in the meantime could have been a hot feud until they got Austin ready. Yeah, and I, th- I actually thought about that when I. Penciled that down because I actually have Owen Hart in 1998 as one of my missed opportunities. Yeah, they wanted but, to turn him heel and yeah, to have him join yeah, the nation, like oh. and calling him a nugget, which was kind of funny. I can't uh, yeah, but at the same time, he came back at the the in your house uh, attack Shawn Michaels, and I was yeah, that was like, that was that Degeneration X yeah, or yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, that could be a good Rumble match. Like yeah, for the title, like, like that could have been something for at least a month or two. They went back to Undertaker, the casket match. I understand the whole and, angle and, they wanted to and, do, and then they broke Shawn Michaels' back doing that. Like <laughs> exactly, if, if they didn't do the casket match, which was it was weird anyway, because the Hell in a Cell match should have been the blow off. Yeah, why did they even do a casket? What did they need a casket no match idea. for? Could have been Undertaker versus anyone else. Kane could have done the same it, thing. Yeah, and it seemed like they only did that to get Kane to burn the casket. Yeah. In, in the main event. Right. I guess if you're going to burn the casket, if you're going to set somebody on fire in a casket, that has to end the show, right? I mean, the, the show has to be <laughs> no, over at that you can't have the rumble after that. No. Austin. <laughs> Didn't they, did, did they not do that, though? Was no, that it, was, it was the last thing. It went off the air. Okay. Kane saluting the burning casket. Right, because I'm like, that. that has to be the end, right? You yeah. can't just burn somebody alive. I'm like, all right, well, next match, folks. 30-man Royal Rumble. They're gonna, <laughs> just going to walk past well, Undertaker's they, burnt carcass. I mean, they did that when the, they had the Inferno match at Unforgiven with Undertaker versus Kane. It was like in the middle of the card. <laughs> but they didn't burn him all alive. <laughs> he like, burned he, his, his arm. arm. Yeah, like, it'll be all right from that. He still got his arm. <laughs> just a little couple burns here and there. Undertaker was in the casket burning. His whole body was burning alive, as far as we knew. 
And Kane was just sitting there like, yes, look at my work. <laughs> it's just so funny, to, as an aside, seeing the, when they're moving the casket to make sure Undertaker's like under the ring. You can just <laughs> tell they're deliberately moving it just to peek and make sure. That, that little stuff cracks me up. But Yeah, so that, that, that... I wonder how Mike Tyson felt about seeing someone burned alive in the casket. He probably loved it. <laughs> he probably pumping his fist. And like, I love it, man. I just love it. I can't do a Mike Tyson impersonation. <laughs> But he probably just thought it was the best thing ever. Yeah. I should do that in my next fight. I'm doing the Holyfield next time. <laughs> Burn him up. Yeah, you bit of zero. Why not? Throw some gasoline on that fire. <laughs> that was in the summer of 97, by the way, right? Uh, yeah. I, I vaguely remember, like... Yeah, I want to say it was 96, 97. Those are two fights. Yeah. I definitely remember that. What a time. <laughs> what a time that was. I wonder if he... Nah, never mind. <laughs> you know what I think was a, bit, a missed opportunity, and maybe this is just me being a Ryback fan, because I've always liked. I thought it was all Ryback could have been a guy that WWE could have yeah. pushed. I thought they missed. They, they, you were the they original. The ball with him. You were original Ryback fan, right here. I thought they dropped the ball with him. There's a point in time where Ryback was over. Yeah, and he was a guy was. that could have been something. I'm thinking like, and, and as a babyface, not like as a right. heel. I'm yeah. talking about as a babyface. He was over, and he was selling merch, and they just. By terrible booking, just mm. dropped the ball with him. I think the best, you know, they, they they did a really good job in in building him up and then facing Punk in the Hell in a Cell, which is kind of weird because like Hell in a Cell, like. But they had I, to do that because it was a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it was Hell in a Cell month, so you had to do Hell in a yeah. Cell. And Cena was hurt. Supposed to be Cena. Yeah, and Cena had his yeah. had his elbow injury. Yeah, um, I think. You're right. I think they kind of – it was just weird the way they booked him, and then he's a Paul Heyman guy after yeah, that. They should have never flipped heel. Him. I would have never flipped him heel. Because they flipped him heel just to face Cena. It's like he didn't have yeah. to do that. He could have had – I think they could have had babyface versus babyface. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, I mean, they've done that before. Right. But I don't think – I don't know they – that's not ideal for them, but I think it could have worked in that sense. Because I thought Ryback was – for one, they had him lose at WrestleMania, <laughs> which was bad, when Mark Henry fell on his head at WrestleMania yeah, 29. That yeah, was yeah, terrible. Yeah. I, thought, yeah. I thought for sure he was going to beat Mark Henry. Because why would they have Mark Henry win that match? For what? <laughs> like, for what? That was the one we were at, right? Yeah. It was, that, was, that was just, like, again, just that was a, another missed opportunity. The same reason man. why didn't Miz win the Intercontinental title as a face, and then he lost it to Barrett the next night again. Yeah. Barrett went in as a champion. It, look, there's a, a lot, lot of, of things that make sense. A lot of things. I think things are a little more sensical now. But back then, whew, there's a lot of nonsensical things happening in WWE. Things still like that happen to this day. I mean, the Money in the Bank match was still like, just like, what? Yeah. Why? But that's WWE yeah. sometimes, man. Sometimes Vince McMahon, he gets a feeling, and even though on the, to everybody else, it's like, what? Yeah. And sometimes he's right. Give him, yeah. give him credit. Sometimes he's 100% right. He's not where he is by mistake. And I, I, like, right. I do think about that when, even when I'm questioning a lot of what he does. Right. Sometimes he's right. There are a lot of other times when he's not. <laughs> like, he, would, he hit... A home run with Livewire, and okay, it it was a, it was wrong for him to cancel it. That's one of my missed opportunities. Okay, there, but I'm trying to think of times where <laughs> you're just glossing right. You know, I'm trying to think of times where there, there were times where you could probably question his decision making, and it turned out to be right. Like he was right in the, in the long run, but I can't think of too many. I'm like I'm trying to think of like. What was the time with Vincent Man with Shawn Michaels? Overall, I didn't. I didn't buy him as a singles wrestler. I, I was a kid, sure, but I think I don't know. I think that was a that was a smart decision. Like that was to me, that was more obvious. I'm trying to think of times where it wasn't quite as obvious. I to me, it wasn't. and it turned out to be like okay, that that was the right decision. Hmm. Like I don't know, Braun Strowman. All right, that's a good example. Because mm-hmm. when he first that's actually the first yeah. when he first popped up on as a singles, he was not ready to be like a star. No. Like his in ring work was he not was a joke, right? But over time, they put him, you know, and they, they, he got good. He improved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was right about that. Even like a, even like a, an Elias Sampson who did not work in NXT because NXT is different. He didn't mm-hmm. fit. I don't think mm-hmm. he just fit NXT, but he fits the main roster. Yeah, and yep. it, he's got a spot every week. I think he just fits on the main roster. That might be one of the one of like the inverse of what we expect like they they start they fit in nxt and then it takes them a while yeah to really fit on the main roster uh, to me i actually you gotta thought, fit what vince mcmahon wants right and what he kind of envisions right. for the show right 
And sometimes it's hard for him to understand why Bailey works, why even like a Finn Balor works. But for a uh, Elias Sampson, it's easy because it's like, oh, this guy sings. He's not even that good. Plays guitar. <laughs> like people, it's easy heat for him. Like he can understand the easy heat aspect of mm-hmm. Elias mm-hmm. Sampson. It might be a little more complex for him to understand why a Bailey works and why a Finn Balor works. Because that the, it's not quite as cut and dry. At least it should it should be though with Bailey, right? Like, yeah, it should be very cut and dry with Bailey. You would think. I just think because she's like a classic it, baby they face. Overdo it with her a little bit. They, she's like Bob Backlund type baby yeah. face. Like, <laughs> she she needs no music. That's what she needs. And a towel around her neck. <laughs> <laughs> and to recite the president the of the United States yeah. in, in yeah. order in the red, white, and blue blue yeah. the, the red, white, and blue robe. Yeah. I miss Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. Crazy Bob Backlund. We need Darren Young to come back so we can get Bob back. <laughs> yeah. Is he hurt? Yeah, I believe so. Oh. Maybe he'll uh, be part of the Titus brand. Speaking <laughs> of the Titus brand, I was watching the draft last night. I'm pretty uh, sure you were too. I was. And LeVar Ball was a riot. <laughs> <laughs> when, did you, when did you design that hat? Since he was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a businessman and he knows hey it. man it maybe be, we appreciate him more because we're wrestling fans yeah. and we he's, we watch Raw every week we see Titus, it's o, like Titus a, O'Neil it, ripping off his, his yeah <laughs> and it's like and it's working on WWE it is, it is. It, it's like his gimmick and I guess we get it we're kind of like this this is his persona almost like it's, yeah. it's a character almost right and people keep sticking cameras in his face he's just gonna keep living it up and if Lonzo can back it up on a court it makes him yeah. look even better yeah as far as we know Lonzo's gonna back it up as far as we know but well not if Simmons dunks on him like Embiid once oh yeah, yeah. can't wait because <laughs> yeah. Lakers gonna stink I don't care unless they just all of a sudden Definitely. land a bunch of free agents which could happen I guess I, yeah but even if they landed Paul like, let's say they got Paul George tomorrow they're still not going to be that good. Uh, <laughs> like, not Might not even be a playoff team in the West. No, not in the no, West. No. And NBA's going to dunk on both of them at the same time. <laughs> at, the same time. <laughs> at the same damn time. And Simmons is going to dunk on the side. And he's going to dunk on the other side. It's right. going to be amazing. They're going to share the ball. Yeah. Just like, hey, hey. They're both going to get credit. Credit for the for points. Two. Yeah, they're going to split the point in half. They, one I point each. They, yeah, one and one. <laughs> one <laughs> and one. <laughs> but yeah, I love LeVar Ball. I mean, yeah. I ain't buying the sneakers anytime soon. Those sneakers are too, way Me too damn expensive. But if he keeps cutting promos like this, he's gonna be on, he's gonna be on WWE sometime soon. He has to be a wrestling fan. There's no way he's not. Yeah, like where where else do you see that in the mainstream? You know, yeah, like just wrestling. that type of character, the promos. Like it, it reminds me of like a SNL uh, segment when The Rock did his WrestleMania promo with uh, I don't remember the actor's name. But it's not, people know that's a wrestling promo, right? And I, I think they look at the way that at Levar Ball like the same way. Just it's a promo. Yeah, that that promo after they, they cut before Lonzo got drafted and after Lonzo got drafted was yeah. just just <laughs> quality television. And people, uh, I saw a column where somebody said he stole the moment from Lonzo. I was like, no, he didn't. They, they interviewed him. Like, they asked it, him. They, like, he went up to the camera and said something to the like camera. L- Lonzo's kind of buying into it. Did you yeah. see that commercial, that Foot Locker commercial? Yeah. The Father's Day message? Like, he's hilarious. <laughs> he, he's into it. Yeah. It's not like LeVar ran up on stage and shook the commissioner's right. hand for right. Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> Lonzo did all that by himself. Yeah. And he, he knew what was going to happen anyway. It's not like he, he I doubt he feels like the moment was tarnished or whatever. He no. probably, he's probably just wants to play ball. Well, the moment is not tarnished when you get drafted into the NBA. Yeah. How can the moment be tarnished unless it's taken away because from you? people like putting their opinion into what other people feel, even though it's not like... They like spewing bullshit, but, that's what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> For the sake of getting some clicks out there? <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is. That's, it's tough. You know, running a website, it's tough because I, I don't want to be that. But, you know, I, I understand how people think and what they think. And, yeah, it's just... I doubt Lonzo is like mad about it. He's counting his money right now. That's what I'd be That's doing. exactly what he's doing. Counting his big ball of brand money. <laughs> big, big, big. Somebody's bought those sneakers for $595. <laughs> it ain't going to be me. I'm all with you, LeVar, but them sneakers too high, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. Ditto. I'm all, I'm all about supporting black businesses. But I, damn. <laughs> I need those, uh, uh, those Alfie sneakers from my brother and me. What? Yeah. I don't remember those at all. <laughs> like wings on them. Oh, no. <laughs> so, like, didn't Kofi Kingston wear you said, boots with wings on yeah, them? Yeah, like that? it reminded me of that. Yeah. 
Those things are ugly. Like, oh, I can't remember the brand that he. Those, it was like a commercial on the TV show. Those things are ugly. Do not get, folks. No, they disclaimer: aren't. Do not get wings in your shoes. You, if you're a grown ass <laughs> man, do not get wings on your shoes, folks. Because that's just you might just stamp sucker on your forehead. If you get wings on your sneakers, if you're a grown, you're a grown ass man, dog. You should not get wings on your sneakers. I'm with you. You can't fly. You can't, well, it's not gonna make you run faster. It's not gonna make you jump higher. You just like a you like a cold sucker. And that's it. This is it. Sorry. You got any other missed opportunities? Uh, before we wrap up here, so I do. Uh, uh, say my last one. I thought they could have done a lot when Kurt Hedding came into WCW and they did like kind of like he was a free agent and then he was he was flirting with the horsemen and Arn Anderson retired and offered him a spot. He became a horseman but then joined the NWO. I think they could have kind of stretched that out a little bit. Kurt Hedding could have been what WCW needed in 1998 to, to fight against the NWO and I think they just went through it too quickly. And well, they should have had Sting, but they got they, that too. And they messed that up. So, <laughs> yeah. obviously, what they would have messed Heading up if they kind of did it this way. But instead of having him join the Horsemen and turn on them like almost what, two weeks later, join the NWO, make the Horsemen mean something again. You know, they meant something for like two weeks, and then Flair disbanded them the day after, like the week after Fall Brawl when Heading turned on them. So. It was just, and then Henning got lost in the shuffle in the NWO. He never did anything of importance after Starcade, in my opinion. No, he had a match with Bret Hart, I think. Yeah, that was uh, that, that was, was pretty good. That was ninety nine, something like that. I don't, I don't remember. Oh uh, well, yeah, I, see, I forget. I want to say that ninety nine, just because, like the West Texas Texas Rednecks. I, I, oh, that, that was bleh. I don't pay attention to that. Kurt Henning, a West Texas Redneck. Create when he was with like the Powers to Be or whatever, and then went against them or whatever. Like I, I just that's. I, I don't like that Kurt Hedding. I like the one that was in the WCW was like a big name. He's essentially it, Mr. Perfect, but not yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, you know, he joined the Horsemen, and I, I was like, this could be a good thing. The Horsemen could be the stable that really gives the NWO trouble. Yeah. And well, Sting, I mean, too. There were 44 but, members of the NWO. There's only well, four Horsemen. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why they're there so, yeah, Benoit and Mongo was the only, like, eh, whatever. But Mongo. I, I, I just think Hedding could have been. WCW instead of getting lost in the shuffle in the NWO. Well, one of the many reasons why WCW is, is no longer in existence. Yeah. With that said, mm. let's wrap it up here. We lost Larry yeah. a couple minutes ago, yeah, but get we, we still thank him for, him for joining. We got to have him on again so we can we do, yeah. talk more about... Uh, we got to go on there. We got to go up to New York one day. We do. We definitely oh. do. Uh, I we, my, my schedule will be changing, so... It will. I might be able to do that at some point. Cool. Even even now, I mean, maybe we might go on a Friday. Who knows? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, we thank Larry for coming on. Make sure you check out Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM Monday through Friday, two to four p.m. Check out him, uh, Dan Lagreca, right? Dave, Dave Lagreca. I'm just I said I got a D right this time, Luis. Make sure you get Bully Ray right. <laughs> Bubba Ray. B U H B U H, not B U B B A. Right. So check out Dave LeGregor, Larry Dallas, and Big Dick Dudley on Busted Open. <laughs> <laughs> on Busted Open, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on Sirius His name is Johnson. He wears a Philly <laughs> uh, Also check out, hey, we got Ring of Honor pay-per-view tonight. We mentioned it earlier, but uh, Best in the World tonight. So yeah. you can check that out on pay-per-view. I had a preview with, uh, I had a little brief chat with Dalton Castle. He's very busy schedule, so it wasn't for that long. But I talked to Dalton Castle about the best normal pay-per-view tonight. Uh, main events, Cody Rhodes versus, or just Cody in Ring of Honor, just mm, Cody, yeah. versus Christopher Daniels with the Ring of Honor title. Cody Rhodes got an IWGP title match next Saturday, too. Yeah. Against Okada, so he might win both of those titles in the Live span of the week. Live night access, right? Yep. Speaking of that, I talked to Jim Ross. Well, I, had a, I was on a conference call with Jim Ross mm. and the, uh, the CEO of Access TV Fights. I believe it's Andrew Simon. Uh, sure. So, more story about that. Simon says. Check that out. Check out my story on Kit Osborne slash Kyle Francis on his first deathmatch experience at Tournament of Death. All of that on a Square Circle blog on philly.com. Nick. What's up? Take us out. If you've been thinking of doing a podcast or already have one but know it can be better, join us on Wildfire Radio. Wildfire Radio has top-of-the-line equipment, a great spacious studio, and the network is packed with household names in Philadelphia sports radio and television. Names like Glenn Macnow, Big Daddy Graham, Leslie Goodell, Ron Burke, Jody McDonald, Bill Matz, 
John Weatherspoon and his fast-growing NBA panel podcast on Saturday mornings. Our third man, Brian Isley, and of course, Philly.com's Vaughn Johnson and myself. Also, the Wrestle Rock crew, which is coming up right after us. Wildfire Radio also offers a unique variety of shows, so if you got an idea for a show or already have one, go to wildfireradio.com and click on Contacts to set up a meeting with Wildfire Radio right now. You can follow me at Nick Picone on Twitter and follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash the straight shooters. And you can fo- uh, find my sports at phillyinfluencer.com and my wrestling at phillyvoice.com and my medium.com website. Check Twitter for the link for that. Check all that stuff out. Of Please. course, you listen to us on iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us. Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. And of course, the mothership. Here on WildfireRadio.com for Nick Bacone and Larry Dallas. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Vaughn Johnson, Philly.com. Thanks for listening to the episode 99 of the Straight Shooters here on Wildfire Radio. And stay tuned if you're listening live for Rassle Rock. You've been listening to the Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.